welcome to Ask Abby, a podcast where I help women who have a tough decision to make to connect to the inner wisdom of their body, find their own answers, and move forward. Welcome everybody to another episode of Ask Abby. Today I have the wonderful Danielle Schmidt here with me. Hello, Danielle. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, all that good stuff. All right. Well, I'm a very creative person. I'm a fine artist. Um, I also uh, loop uh, cello. I write poetry. I am also a unofficial high priestess. And uh, I also work as a accounts payable uh, personnel by day at a quarry. Mm-hmm. But right now it's uh, January and I am on furlough because um, the quarry is, a, is a basically a construction company and there's not enough work going on. So um, <clears throat> I actually get paid to stay home and be creative. Mm, that's a, the dream right there, huh? It's incredible. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about like what's going on with you, where you're at? Okay, you so um, I have been um, going undergoing a tremendous amount of changes in the last six months. Um, it, I kind of started with your workshop that I took in September. Um, you know, at, at the time I, I had actually been single. I had, I had recently, um, broken up with someone I dated for six years and I realized that the relationship was not healthy. Um, and I also realized that relationships, uh, with other people in my, my life, specifically my parents were also not healthy. Um, and I had to make, um, significant changes in my interaction with them. Um, I started going to therapy for the first time. Um, and in, in the midst of all that, I also started doing more uh, creative stuff. Um, I have um, where, I, where I kind of am like me, more authentically me. Um, I've been doing like menstrual art. Mm. Um, I've been doing uh, like altering a book that was like a philosophic book. Um, I've been hosting um, uh, seasonal rituals in my backyard. I mean, it, no matter how cold it is, I will light that fire and get that energy going. That's awesome. Yeah, so you've been in a real period of like transformation over the last six months or so, like going through a lot of changes, setting a lot of boundaries. Um, yeah. Did you say? Yeah. That, that's kind of pretty accurate. Um, and, um, you know, some people are like, what's your word of the year, right? And uh, my word of the year in 2020 was resilience. It, it kind of became the unofficial world word of the year. Seriously? <laughs> it really was resilience. Cause at that point in 2020 was when I, well, the end of 2019 was when I gave up being a teacher as a living. I had gone to school for teaching and I was okay at it, but there was, um, I really struggled with the classroom management piece and I couldn't really figure out why, but now that I've been going through therapy and realizing, oh yeah, I had emotional abuse as a child, then yeah, that's why I have trouble asserting those boundaries and, um, 
you know, not feeling bad about, um, you know, telling someone, hey, it's not okay when you do this and mm. you know, healing that piece. Um, so that's what made me say, okay, I can't, I can't teach anymore. Um, I have to do something else. And I was doing a variety of temp work and, um, and then, you know, the second temp job I had was at the quarry. And then, you know, when things got busy again there, they called me back and hired me full time. So, um, at that point, um, you know, I went from being completely unemployed to fully employed and, um, as a manifesting generator, able to still do my creative stuff a little bit on the side. Hmm. Yeah. And do you think this is just like a random question, but do you think, um, like you've been doing all this work, you've been doing all this healing. Do you think there's a world where you could see yourself getting back into teaching? Did you um, teach art? You must've taught art. I did teach art. I mean, yeah. I could teach, um, I'm not in a public school setting. I feel like it, it's, I'm, I'm past that now, but I do feel like I could be teaching, um, like in, on my own or with other creatives somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like art classes or like, I'm about to take pottery classes, like at a local studio, that kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm like, I noticed. Um, so last time I went to my, um, my niece's nephew's house, um, you know, there two of one of them's on like completely distance learning and like then they then they kind of have like one day a week where they're distance learning and I noticed the two younger kids are um their motor skills with like cutting and gluing are like really really low for um that age level and I think it's just because of the distance learning so um I feel like oh auntie d is gonna step in and you know give them materials and come and help them out and show them and teach them and it's like whoa I'm a teacher again look at that Mm. Yeah, you're almost even like lighting up as you're talking about it. I do enjoy it. It's just that classroom management piece was so bad. And the, also the fact that um, I was working part time for a long period and I wasn't able to make my own creative goals because I just couldn't afford it. Like just living was difficult at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you see yourself going like in the future? Like where, where are you um, headed? What's the, what's the plan? The, the plan dream. is to, um, the, roughly, the plan is <laughs> 2021's year of the uh, word of the year is power. Mm. Um, and it's to embrace personal power as well as helping other people, specifically women, I would say, embrace their personal power. Um, how am I like making that happen? I'm not entirely sure. It's a little bit like, on the subconscious level. Um, the first thing I did is I made this um, vision board and um, I painted the whole thing like a reddish pink to represent the menstrual art that I've been doing. Mm. Um, basically with that, I, um, I collect my uh, whatever's coming out of me using a diva cup and then I do like pouring art mm. and then I, I manipulate it um, with like a Photoshop Express and to, to give it like a universal tone, um, whether I add like cosmological symbolism or um, different colors and um, filters and that kind of thing to like really push it to the next level. Mm, yeah, <clears throat> that's awesome. And I've seen some of the art you've done on Instagram and it's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, and um, 
you know, it does actually speak to a fair amount of women. Some people don't know what it is, even though I, I hashtag menstrual art. I mean, it's not, <laughs> you could, it's, I, not subtle. I, it's not subtle, but I mean, I've, I actually brought, um, I actually had a couple of the pieces printed on canvas and, uh, and this is the best one. Oh, I love that. I've seen that one. I for sure saw that one online. Yeah. Right. And you know, my, and so, um, people that don't know what it is made with, they're just like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then some people who know what it's made with are like, I am seriously grossed out. My husband would not be able to look at that. Um, I have to hide my period pads in the, in, you know, the, tr the trash or something or a separate trash can. Cause my husband will be upset. And I'm like, no girl, no. What? Like Ew. Oh my God. I have so much to say about that. <laughs> Oh, um, you need a new husband. Is what um, and you know, even my, my mother won't even look at any of this art. She's just like, it's gross. I can't. And I'm like, but you're a nurse. How is it gross? You're supposed to be okay with bodily fluids of all kinds. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it's awesome. Like it's such a you thing to be like putting that out there, you know, and, um, doing something like a little offbeat. I, I love that. Um, so that's, um, you know, part of, part of me is like, keep expressing that, you know, like you said, that odd, but like loud, um, voice and encouraging other people to do the same thing. Mm. Um, and do I'm you think that you had gone through a period where you didn't allow that like authentic voice to come through? Oh, definitely. Definitely, especially actually when I was a teacher, because when you're working in a public environment, you have to like uh, have a like a very professional persona. Like they even tell you, like if you have a social media account, make sure that you're not um, holding like an alcoholic beverage in your profile picture, or or stuff like that, because people like lean or don't make sure that you're not wearing anything that's uh, risque or. Or, or whatever. And it's like, I just, I can't do that. That's not me. Like I have to, I have to express myself. And if it's going to be risque, according to society, then that's what it's going to be. Mm, yes. I love that. And that's so appropriate for you. And like, we were just talking about this before we hit record with her chart. Um, because you're, you are a manifesting generator and the channel that you have um, that makes you a manifester connects the G center, the one eight, the G center to the throat. So you're really creating and expressing from this sense of who you are, from the sense of identity, from this sense of self and this like strong sense of direction. And it's kind of like, the G center is kind of like the, like, I know who I am and I don't give a fuck what you think about it. <laughs> and that's really where you're going to be expressing from and creating your art from. And I, I absolutely love that. Um, do you think there were like challenges to get to a place where you feel comfortable, I guess, putting that kind of thing out there? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, at first, the first series I started when I was still teaching was the inspirational women series, which I have about 25 paintings, original paintings of women that inspire me in ink. Um, I think that's what I'm known no, slightly known for in a local sense in the mm -hmm. New Haven area. In fact, 
some articles that have been written are like New Haven based artists. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I was born in New Haven. I live in a suburb in New Haven County, but sure, I'm New Haven based artist. Take it. <laughs> um, and I had started that series when I was actually laid off from my part-time teaching job. They, you know, city of New Haven was like, hey, we can't afford teachers. So let's just fire all the part-time staff. That'll save us a ton of money. It's like, you're not even paying benefits to these people. And you, you think that's the best way to solve an economic crisis? <laughs> um, so I, you know, my boss kept saying like, oh, we're gonna get you back. We're gonna get you hired back. But when I did get hired back, I had to get hired through a different um, service and I didn't get overtime anymore. I actually got paid less. I had to pay for like $250 background check and get my fingerprints redone. And let me just say like that whole year was a bit of a like it was it was bad like it was and 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 you know maybe some of my 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 um classes were challenging or something or or the fact that i was making less money and doing more work and living on tuna three weeks a month it was just i i couldn't i couldn't even make my creative aspirations come true so um, that's when I, you know, that was a big challenge was realizing like, look, teaching in the way we're doing it right now is not working. Like it is not working. You need to like exit out of teaching, look for some, something else and, you know, um, figure it out. Like, so that was the first challenge is realizing that even though I am a, like a born teacher, that teaching in the public school system was not the way to go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And um, so I, you know, re resigned and then I just applied with a bunch of temp agencies. And um, briefly, I worked for a home health care kind of place as their uh, administrative person. And that was, that was a lot. I had to, um, you know, answer the phone like eight hours a day and, and move the calls to where they needed to go in different branches that weren't even in the same lo physical location. And um, uh, yeah, I realized that I am more of an introvert than that. So <laughs> luckily this job at the quarry happened and they just basically needed someone to finalize all their end of the year paperwork that just piled up. And um, at first it was just gonna be like sort of uh, note taking, but then the, the person in charge was like, oh, this, this temp has a pretty good skills with Excel. So they had me updating all kinds of Excel documents and, and using, uh, <laughs> using a calculator, one of those old school calculators that has the tape and, and, um, and I, I, I basically seen one of those. <laughs> I, I basically learned how to be an accounting clerk mm. through this job, which, uh, is a little far for me. It, it is like a 35, 45 minute commute. Um, and I do actually enjoy my coworkers. So it's great right now, but at some point, you know, I, I might want to um, look for an accounting clerk or associate position a little closer to home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And where do you think you 
want to go with your art? Like, where do you think you want to take that? Is that something you'd ever consider doing full-time, like making your big thing? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it was, it's been nice having the security of a steady paycheck and a job that doesn't compete creatively with me. Um, see, that was the problem with being an art teacher in a public school. I poured all of my creative energy into coming up with new assignments for my students and trying to figure out, you know, how they would um, be okay with the assignment based on how I knew them as people, um, but really like push them a little bit forward. And then when it came to doing it for myself, I had no energy left. So this job will like allow you to really focus into that. Um, and like you said, you're a manifesting generator. So it's probably no big deal for you to get all the things done um, and really build up that art piece, that like creative side while you have a study paycheck. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Uh, so it's, it's actually, I thought, I thought furlough was going to be pretty bad, but it's not. It's I'm I'm only making a little bit less than what I was making, and I'm like, wow, I can really push myself forward here. Mm. Um, and I, I I keep doing creative things every week, but I keep finding myself with the healing from emotional trauma to take up a significant portion of my week. I mean, it's like turbulent. It's emotional turbulence at least two, three days a week. And mm. it, it, cut, it cuts out on my productive time. Yeah. Now, not an artist, so correct me if I'm wrong, but is it like turbulent emotion sometimes the best thing for creating art? I mean, yeah, but like when you are having trouble getting going in the morning or, you know, yeah. remembering to eat, or <laughs> yeah no I totally hear you I'm just curious because like I'm not an artist so I'm like isn't that like where the, some of the best art comes from um yeah so maybe maybe this period is I am create the art that I do create during this time is very high but the uh the the in-between moments where I'm like uh you know in that emotional space um, it doesn't seem as productive and maybe it really is productive. It's just different than what I'm used to dealing with. Mm, yeah. And why do you always need to be productive? You know, like, isn't it okay to take this time where you're getting paid to be home to heal and to like work through some of that stuff? Yeah. I don't know why I beat myself up over those types of things. Why do you think you beat yourself up over those types of things? Um, it's probably, um, it's probably taken from, um, my, uh, my family, uh, my family likes to, my, my parents specifically, they like to, in, uh, project a lot of shame and grief on me. So like, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, my dad said, he called me before he was going to come over to do some house stuff. And he's like, it's 10 a.m. Did you just get up? And I'm like, yeah, I did. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, I was on a conference call with a friend in California at till one in the morning. And just like being like, I can, I'm an adult now. I can get up whenever I want. But I mean, it's just having someone else be like telling you like, you should have 
gotten a full-time job with benefits by now. You should have, um, you know, like their reality and my reality are two very, very different things. And just realizing that, you know, those types of, I should be more productive is, is more of a, a, a projected uh, yeah. idea and just trying to come to terms with that like full-on conditioning. And I see that all the time. Like, that's so common. I don't think I've had a single person on the podcast who doesn't have that gremlin of like, oh, but I'm not being productive. Like we're so used to our worth being only dependent on what we accomplish and what we do. Um, and like fitting into society's little mold of what time you're supposed to wake up and what your job is supposed to look like. Yeah. And it's easy when I'm not in contact with my parents, but I have to like talk to them at least like once a week-ish. I mean, they actually live very close by. It's like, it's it crazy how like you could have two people that live very close to each other, but not really see each other. Yeah. Yeah. And how has, been, how has it been setting boundaries on that? Cause like, I'm sure, I think that this is a big topic for a lot of people and I'm sure a lot of listeners have been through this. I think it's the hardest to set boundaries with our family because you know, we feel like we have to do what they want us to, and we have to be in contact with them because they're our family. I mean, it's been very difficult. Um, the holidays were like the most difficult, um, because my mother expected things to go a certain way. And I mean, I did tell them I'm backing off. I'm, you know, um, Thanksgiving. Um, I said I was only coming for um, dessert and she didn't get that message even though my brother and my father did and she was blindsided and I was very uh, confrontational with my parents for the very first time actually um, about um, you know the projection piece and um, how I needed time away and um, my mom didn't get it my dad was somewhat supportive um, Christmas, I basically just said, I'm not doing Christmas day. Um, I will be at, you know, my brother and sister-in-law's house for Christmas Eve. If you're going to be there, that's cool. But like, that's the only Christmas I'm doing. And then um, New Year's day, um, she's like, she called me up and she's like, Hey, I, I made dinner, you know, it's two o'clock. Are you coming over? And I'm like, no, I'm in the middle of the woods right now. I'm hiking. Like, <laughs> Um, and she was like, but the tradition is, but she didn't like say that, but then she proceeded to call me like three more times while I was hiking. And I was like, oh, I should have just told her I was busy, you know, yeah. like, or I will not respond to your call. I will see you at five o'clock, you know, like just, yeah. So the boundaries it's, it's, um, it's, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. And how does it feel? Like, how does it actually feel setting those boundaries? Is it like, oh my God, or is it kind of like freeing and um, like, where, where do you stand on that? I mean, at first it was very challenging emotionally because I have always played the role as like parent of my parents, you know, the person who helps them mediate their issues with each other. And, um, and I, I just felt like I was letting them down. Like I was like, not, because I was no longer holding up that like emotional pillar for them uh, or that physical piece. So, you know, my mom needs help sometimes. Um, I felt like, oh, I'm such a failure. Uh, what are they going to do without me? Like, and I was like really upset. Um, but then like, it turned out that my, 
mother started taking more initiative and um, as a result and like being less dependent on my dad for some things. And um, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wait a second. Like when I step back, they actually move a little forward. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, they're kind of, they're old though. I mean, like they're in there. Um, my mom's like 78 or 77 and my dad's 82. So, I mean, they're not, they're like the age of someone's grandparents, my age mm -hmm. grandparents, but yeah, um, they're on the older side. Yeah. They're on the older side. So I, you know, I realized that they're not going to really change that much. Um, and I have to, you know, figure out how I'm going to change my reaction to the uh, projection piece. Um, but it's, it's just a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost seems like by setting those boundaries, like, Hey, it's the best thing you could have done for yourself, but also it is kind of a loving thing for them. Like you've kind of pushed them to figure out their own shit and not be so dependent on you. And it does sound like in a way, like you push them forward a little bit. Like it was by setting those boundaries, you've actually like helped them in a way. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it, I was surprised, honestly, I didn't think that that was going to be the case, you know, um, that, you know, but at first my mother was very upset, you know, she, um, she was very upset after Thanksgiving. Um, I, I mean, I can only feel so much compassion because I need to feel compassion for myself. I mean, I haven't been doing that and that's why <laughs> it's a hard piece. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel since you've been doing this work and, you know, obviously setting these boundaries, like, do you feel like you are coming back to that part of yourself? Like, do, do you notice the changes? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I think it's helped me become more of that, um, in, in my, my vision board rebel bell. That's what the, the phrase is you know, feeling uh, more secure in my authentic self and my authentic expression. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I also wrote about was finding a partner that could uh, meet me where I am vibrationally or a little above. And um, I think it did. Um, it's, it's a past partner that, that has been brought forth once again. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that they see me for who I really am. And that's a really important piece. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that definitely, that definitely lines up with you, you know, and especially like the energy in your charts, like, it's like you have this such strong sense of self. So you need someone who's going to be like supportive of that and um, really see that and understand that. Yeah, I feel like, cause like the last person I dated, I mean, we dated for six years and um, they would always ask me like, what are you thinking right now? Or I didn't know you were into that. And I'm like, really? <laughs> You're like, listen, I'm into a lot of things, so. Um, I mean, not that they didn't encourage me with certain things. Like they did encourage me to um, go forward with a menstrual art. They didn't think it was weird. Um, so it was, you know, there were definitely supportive moments, but there were also like moments where like, how, how could you not know this about me? Like, yeah, 
Yeah. So you've been through a lot of changes in the last year, shaking things up big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All like uh, every decision I make, I'm, I'm almost like, is that me or is, is there a different way I want to do this? So, um, one of the other things in my vision board, which is really funny, I, I, I uh, cut out this picture of a woman who is basically naked, but mm. she's wearing like these really like sexy heels. And, um, and it's like a black and white image, but she's yeah. not showing any like, you know, um, risky parts, right? Um, <clears throat> and um, one of the things I've always wanted to do is like, be that lady. You know, I wanted mm. to like be loud and proud. And um, I started compulsively buying um, sexy lingerie for the first time in my life. Um, you know, I didn't have any, like literally, like I did not have a matching pair of anything. I mean, unless you count nude, cause like that's- <laughs> That <part> matches. <laughs> 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 but you know, like um, it was just sort of like a compulsion and then, um, you know, I found a brand online that actually sells my size. I have an extended size. So, um, you know, I can't just go to Target or Walmart or, or most places because they don't carry my size. It's like, if you have a, sk a skinny waist and, and a large cup, it's like, we don't have that size. We have plus size, but that's not, they don't offer my size in the plus. So anyway. Yeah. Um, so I found a place online and I ordered some stuff and it fit really well. And I was like shocked because like, seriously shocked. And I bought some more of it. And then I started like doing like impromptu photo shoots with my, uh, my, my phone and my tripod. And then, then I was like, I, I, I really want to do like a boudoir shoot. And, and actually within the last two weeks, I have actually met a boudoir photographer and set up a shoot. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I feel like that ties in so perfectly with, you know, you stepping into your power this year, like that word of the year of like power and empowerment, power and helping other women, like empowering other women to do that. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited about that, um, for a lot of reasons. And I, I went through my closet this past weekend and I was pulling all the accessories and stuff. And I feel like if it just so preparing for this moment all my life, I've been collecting accessories and um, interesting clothes and, you know, keeping my body fit, uh, you know, just, just, you know, waiting this whole, this whole moment to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. This is an exciting, um, an exciting transition for you. I think this is going to be really cool. Yeah. So, um, and then of course, like coming into my power more as an unofficial high priestess, um, you know, I've, I've been, I've had been hosting rituals in my backyard the last um, three, uh, I guess you could call them sabbats. Um, I guess Wiccan wheels of the year. And um, I have like a dedicated crew of like two people that are always showing up and taking part and, you know, doing their share. And it's really, really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And your like face lights up as you're talking about all these things, which is good. That's like that generator sacral center is on fire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool that they're stepping up and, 
um, we're we're ma- we're literally making magic happen in the backyard. Mm. And do you think that it's taken that piece of like finally recognizing the issues with the family and like how you've been held back and um, starting to heal from that for you to feel confident enough to like step in your power and put on all this sexy lingerie and like start doing photo shoots? Yeah, probably. Probably. I feel like that was always that, that piece was always there, but it was like hidden. Mm. Yeah. Cause typically like, that's something that we have a lot of, like, you know, you brought this up earlier, like shame and guilt around. Um, and those are, that's a big area where that can show up is like, well, who am I to just like be sexy and like put on these clothes and take photos. Um, yeah. So like, I feel like in part that work has what is what kind of has gotten you here to be like, shit, like I'm sexy and I should empower, like (laughs) I should be bringing that out to the world and sharing that with the world. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, you know, and like, like between like, you know, get going, going back and fixing that that emotional healing piece, but also like letting go of that public image, that like persona I had to create um, and, and letting go of that as well. I feel. Mm, yeah. Like stopping trying to be who everyone else wants you to be and who you're supposed to be, right. The professional teacher with no pictures on her Instagram and just allowing yourself to be fully you and like fully express, which is so like perfect and on point for you. I absolutely yeah. love that. So I, I, if I, if I, I would love to teach again, but like teach on my own terms completely. I mean, like, and even, it doesn't even have to be art. It could be witchy stuff. Um, it could be hula hooping, you know, I'm, I'm not as good as some of the other local hoop people in my area. Um, but I could, I could teach a, a beginner class, just like one or two classes. And then you have to find a different teacher. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or I mean, or you can work on your skills and like get there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've been working on my skills for like six years now, but, um, <laughs> Yo, you can teach me because I, we've talked about this, which is why she's bringing it up. I also hula hoop and just got back into it. Um, and I could use your skills for sure, because I'm, I like pretty much can like waste hoop and that's it. <laughs> I can't do anything else with it. So. Well, it does also depend on the diameter and weight of the hoop. So you said you had ordered a trick hoop. And you can do a lot more with that. And I can teach you the tricks in like 45 minutes and then you'll be good. When it gets there, when it gets here, it just shipped out yesterday. So when it gets here, I'm going to be calling you and you're going to be teaching me tricks. So, so where do you see all of this going? Like where, like, I do feel like there is so much power there where you really could be embracing that teaching side of yourself. Um, and putting it together with all like the art and the empowerment and having it come through in this really cool way. Like what, if, if you were to like not worry about money and like not think about things logically and just like allow yourself to dream big, what would that look like? Or what could it look like? Oh gosh, I guess it would be like a community of, of people that come together and express their, you know, true selves together or something like that. I mean, mm. I'm not necessarily like a coach. Um, I, I only have so much um, skills and empathy to help someone get there. Um, so I guess I would just keep referring them to 
to folks like you until when they're ready, they can come see me when they're ready to express. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you, and you could always like work with other professionals. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of picturing this like community where we can come together and there's other, you know, other professionals also. And like you teach art and you teach hula hooping. I feel like you could have this badass studio where you're just like, teaching all different sorts of creative expression, like through movement or through um, art and just yeah. holding like workshops and classes. Yeah. You know, I'm like, for you. Um, <laughs> Anna Ramirez, she always has these like play-based workshops to get people to think creatively. And I'm like, mine, like, mine would be like the next level, like power-based workshops. <laughs> to, mm. to, yes. Uh, yeah, like to come into your power and keep it strong. Yeah, that would be so cool. You know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm all about like raising that energy and, and pushing it out there. And, and also like in my magic practice, I'm always trying to like affect change for the good of the all. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if, and also if, you know, if you want to come to my quote power-based workshops, um, when there's group, a small group, or even a group it, it increases the power, just like you kind of said in the moon circle last night. Right. Or was that Heather who said that? I think it was Heather, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like when you come together as a group, it's like amplifying that power. Yeah. Um, and like that could have so much positive impact on not only the people who you're speaking to, but like on the, like for the collective as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do, I do feel like when people, like I, um, I mean, yeah, I tell people about the things I'm doing and they're like, oh, I want to get in on that. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. I didn't think people would be a lot of people would be in on it, you know? Yeah, I know. How could you maybe even start right now, like bringing that piece in, you know, like without needing to jump right into like, you've got this business and you're hosting workshops and you're like doing empowerment workshops, but like, where could you start small and maybe start putting out something like that? Um, I don't know, like, um, I guess maybe in a, like a zoom sort of setup, um, just, I'm not really good at meditation. I, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to do one of my power things, my power mm. creative. Yeah. And you don't need to have, like, you don't need to do meditation, you know, like, I think that was a gremlin. You hear that little gremlin sneak in and be like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think you need that at a power workshop. <laughs> I mean, you, the, the, well, I, the way I would do meditation is I'd put on some like power metal and we'd hula hoop to that or something like that. Yes. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be Not cool. Sign me up. You know, like <laughs> spikes and um, <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, everybody's in lingerie, we're hula hooping, and there's metal music. Yeah. 
but seriously, like, do you think that's something you could start to dabble in, you know, and put yeah. out there? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Sounds, that sounds Tell me like more. I feel like there's something more there. You're giving me a yeah, but your, your tone is giving me a, there's something more. I, I don't know. I make like, yeah, I, I mean, well, one of the other things I've talked about with my friend, um, I, I actually talked about the lingerie aspect with another friend and she was like, I want to be in on a photo shoot with you. Like, and you know, the lingerie company that I like obsessively bought stuff from for like a month, they accidentally sent me a bunch of lingerie. That's her size, her size. And I emailed them and I was like, I got a, somebody else's order. And they're like, oh, you just keep it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. That was the universe looking out for her and you all at the same time. It was like, no, you really need to push this piece, like this lingerie piece. We might start with your own boudoir shoot that you're getting from a professional photographer, but it's going to evolve into something else. Mm. Yeah. I'm feeling that for you too. And it's like, and that's so cool. Like to be able to like, cause think about it. Like my whole life being a woman, like every time I put on like a bathing suit, you're like, right. Like you have all these feelings about it and how cool it, it would be to just feel like, yeah, like I'm in this laundry and I have done a boudoir shoot. It was really cool. I don't have any of the pictures. I lost them all, which is a story for another day, but yeah, I was really upset about it. I like lost all the photos. I never saved them to my computer. It was a big whole thing, but um, to really like bring that piece of empowerment of like, look at me, I'm in my laundry and I look great. Um, like what a confidence builder. Yeah. Confidence, confidence workshops. Maybe that's what it is. I've been writing stuff down as we I know. Talk. I, see, I see you taking notes over there. <laughs> I love it. I love note taking. It's good. Yeah. Confidence workshops empowerment, like all of it kind of goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. Mm, I feel yeah. like it's, it's what's needed in this world right now is for, you know, yeah, women are starting to take on uh, more political roles and um, power pieces, but we need, we also need the everyday women collective to, to get on that too, um, just to really reinforce that message. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like I agree with you too. It's like women are, I feel like things are kind of shifting for us and we're all like collectively stepping into our power just a bit more. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's such a perfectly timed um, idea. I love it. I want to see you roll with this. I hope, I hope you put these out there. I will sign up, you know, I'll sign up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I am somewhat a professional photographer, but it's a old camera and it's, it's not something I enjoy doing. Like I would like to have a production team of mm. other people that um, also like edit and stuff like that or something like that. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I have a love hate relationship with photography. I enjoy taking pictures of nature, but like when it comes to people, I get um, like emotionally overburdened or something. I get like anxiety, like, Oh no, what if they don't like it? Or something like that. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I'm going to kind of go off a side tangent here, but because I know you and we've like talked a lot before, um, it's also a perfect way for you to bring in other women-owned businesses though. Like then you just bring in a different photographer. Like you said, you have a team, like, um, 
you don't have to do all the parts yourself. And I know that supporting women-owned businesses is important to you. And so these workshops could be a way where you're like bringing in empowerment and also featuring other businesses, like bringing in other businesses. Like if I came to a confidence workshop and I really liked the photographer, like maybe I would hire her to do some branding, right? So it's like, you're connecting women, you're empowering women, you're spotlighting their businesses. Like that's half of the thing I love about doing this podcast is not only do I get to talk to really cool people, but I get to put your guys' businesses on spotlight. Like I've had a bunch of people reach out and be like, oh, I looked up that, you know, I looked up your guests and I, I messaged her. Like that to me is so cool that you guys are actually connecting outside of here and maybe, you know, promoting each other's businesses outside of here. And I think that that's like a possibility for you here with that, with the empowerment work. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like all like pumped right now. I mean, I've been making uh, art and um, making prints and magnets and it's all available on my website, but I don't, really sell anything unless it's in person. Um, and in-person stuff is really hard right now. Um, like when people like actually meet me and understand like what my art is all about, they're like, oh, now I definitely need to have that piece. But online, it's very impersonal. I don't know how many people are getting to the website. Um, I do have, I do run online sales and nothing ever comes of it. Um, it's, it's like, but I'm not, I don't, I don't email people all that often um i'm not i'm not as invested in that piece because i don't know it just doesn't light me up at this point like it's yeah, like, yeah I this merchandise uh want some official i bet you want a grace jones magnet because i put one on my fridge yeah and you know i think like you don't need to have that online sales piece if that's not lighting you up like if it doesn't light you up to go on there and like then you you don't need to do it <laughs> right yeah, it could just live on itself. And, um, you know, in the event that a piece sells out in person, then it's like, oh, well, you could just go get it on the website and I'll just ship it to you for less because, you know, we have this in-person connection already. Mm, yeah. And, and these workshops would be a great place to bring people in to meet you and understand what you're about and then be like, oh, and also she has this art, right? Like, Right. Like, oh, I took this workshop with this awesome girl. And I'm like, I also found out she has menstrual art. So that's awesome. Um, it seems like to me, like you're going to really get the most out of that really personal connection. Um, uh-huh. Even just for your art sales, it's sounding like, like you're finding people aren't buying your product. They're buying into you, you know, they're investing into you and what you stand for what you believe. Um, so the workshops would almost be a good way to connect all of that together. Yeah, that does sound like a plan. I like that. I didn't, we didn't even know we were going to go here today. So I love, I love seeing where these conversations end up. <laughs> um, you know, cause I'm like, where can I host the workshops? Oh, wait, my backyard. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and like the virtual space obviously is always available. Um, especially right now, like with pandemic and it being winter. Um, but if that doesn't light you up, yeah, like you could do them at your house. You could do them at, in your backyard. Um, there, I'm sure they're like, I know we have one in Middletown. I don't know if there's one down your way, but there's like a community center where I think you can, it's called the free space or the free center or something like that, where you can kind of just like rent space to hold a workshop. Um, and I'm sure that exists near you. Um, sure. I mean, yeah, probably, but 
I mean, what's more authentic than being on uh, family-owned land versus renting a workshop space? And I'm almost getting the feeling like on your, like, like you're saying on your land, it's like, and you're really into Burning Man. It's like your own little mini, it's like Burning Woman. Oh my God. That's it. Yeah. Well, kind of, except we're not going to have anybody camp out unless they no. really need to. I mean, we're, we're going to keep these relatively dry. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah. Just a day, just a day Burning Woman. Burning Woman who's got things to do by six o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we're not going to make this into a retreat. This is not a retreat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so That's excited. To- those boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. You're like a natural at boundary setting now. Yeah. No, this, this is not, this is a very short thing. It's not all day. We're not going to start it before 10. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I do not start my day until 10 a.m. Like when you said that your dad said that to you, like, I'm like, that's me in a nutshell. Like I love to sleep it. <laughs> so I just purposely don't schedule my day until 10. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So how are you feeling? How are you feeling about um, everything? I guess everything we've talked about and um, this kind of new idea we're kicking around. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like I'm going to let it sit in the iceberg for a while, the subconscious iceberg and um, keep bouncing off ideas. I feel like, um, I think these workshops will probably be more of a thing come like midsummer um, because A, it'll be warm outside um, and B, it'll, it'll be a better time to have action to take action on these things um you know right now the winter time is is stereotypically a a time for introspection and letting things like grow below the surface yes and i also want to tie this back to in the beginning when you were like i've been so not productive and now here you are telling me that winter is time for introspection and letting yourself like how she's cracking up <laughs> Um, it's, you know, I'm actually hosting an in-bulk ritual on Saturday and that's the whole point of the ritual. (laughs) And I'm trying my best to like get in the zone, um, and, um, to get prepared for it mentally. And that's part of the piece is to like, yes, there's, there's stuff going on underneath the surface. You you just can't see it in, um, you know the ground because there's snow on it yeah yeah that's funny and do you notice like this can be a helpful thing to like key into when you have that productivity gremlin right that gremlin that's like oh I really shouldn't have slept in till 9 30 today or oh I really shouldn't be laying around doing nothing when there's so much to do is there anywhere that you physically feel that in your body like everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe like in my gut, probably. Mm, so appropriate for you. She's a sacral manifesting generator. So that is super appropriate. Um, yeah. So is it like, uh, how would you describe the feeling? I, it's kind of like a, like a tightness. Um, and it's like, it's always like, it's always worse when I have like a giant pile of dishes that I haven't done for a few days. And it's like, oh, I can't do anything until I get those dishes done. But I 
can't get the dishes done. So I guess I can't do anything. Yep. Yep. So it's this like tightness in the stump, in the gut. And it's like, oh, Danielle can't do anything. Look at that pile of dishes. So we want to check in for that feeling, right? When you notice that feeling creeping in and you notice it in your gut, you're like, wait, wait. I talked about this with Abby. This is that gremlin. This is not real. And what kind of feeling can you bring in instead? Um, I guess one like, it's okay. Um, the, there will always be dishes. So it's, you should just do whatever you feel like doing and they'll, they'll be there waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's like such a, I'm glad you brought that up. Like that's such an important thing to remember is like, we love to get obsessed with this like productivity thing, but there's always going to be more shit to do. Like it's not, your list is not ever going to end. You know, we have an endless adult responsibility. So remembering, okay, they're not going anywhere. There's always going to be more things to do. But what I need in this very second is to sit on the couch and watch Netflix or hula hoop for 10 minutes, right? And see if we can bring in those other feelings and invite that like yucky tightness in our stomach to just like take a back seat. Yeah. <clears throat> How's that feel? How's that sit with you? I, it, it's good. I, um, I have been doing that lately uh, to some extent. Um, and that's how I, I wrote my poem um, the other night. Um, I actually wrote a poem um, and maybe it ties into this whole whole thing. Maybe I should read the poem now. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. It's called Dear Queen. Your experiences haven't been easy. In fact, they've been downright painful. All those times you stepped up while the people you loved stepped back. The times you altered your own needs to meet the needs of others. The times where you buried your feelings under a shroud of pain because you had nowhere else to put them. You've been carrying that around. Maybe you didn't realize it, but it affected you. Strange chronic pain you developed, maybe an autoimmune disorder where the body attacks itself. Can you imagine your body knowing that whatever that is, that what you are carrying that has been projected onto you is foreign and that's why it attacks itself. Maybe it's a fear of intimacy because when you asked for it, when you were very young, you were denied or made to believe that you had to meet others' needs before you could have yours met. And you developed this fragmented self, this person who hid their real self from the people around them and eventually couldn't find it yourself until one day you woke up. It wasn't sudden like the tower. It was a slow eventual realization that you wanted a partner that met you where you are, unafraid to be in the presence of the real you. And being okay with being the pattern breaker in your line of generational trauma and being okay with the possibility that your family may never be able to see you for who you really are because you trust yourself and you trust the universe to bring you into contact with those who do. Mm. I love that. <laughs> that sums up like your whole journey so perfectly too. Yeah. And I mean, there are other people who have listened to it and they say that it also resonates. Yeah. I think that resonates with a lot of people, right? That fragmented self, um, 
And especially the, the, like putting others needs before our own, like that super resonates with me. Right. Or, um, not allowing ourselves that closeness or that intimacy, because we feel like we have to be worthy. This ties right into the productivity thing we talked about. Like we don't feel worthy of receiving that until we do, until we do the things we're supposed to do. Yeah. So that's my, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, like you said, I want to create that, that place where other people can find their power and, and trust themselves and trust that the universe is going to take care of them because, you know, um, sometimes, you know, you, you have to move beyond family and other, other situations in order to move forward. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's powerful. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of the listeners are really going to resonate with your story and really resonate with that. Um, and I think just like your energy field is really going to help other people realize that they can do that too. You know, I think when it comes to family, that can be the hardest boundaries to set and like the hardest thing to walk away from and knowing that it is possible and hearing like your success with it. Um, and obviously it's an ongoing journey, but like your um, steps in the right direction. And I, I think that's going to help a lot of people. Awesome. Well, are you feeling more clear? Are you feeling, um, inspired for your next thing? How are you feeling? I, I am feeling inspired for my next thing. Um, I will, I mean, even when we were in our little moon gathering last night, I was like, oh, I wonder if Abby wants me to do like a short 10 minutes on hula hooping, you know, in your moon gathering thing. Yeah. And actually we were talking about doing hula hooping next time. So maybe you can be the one to lead it and like explain like how to like teach everybody. We, we yeah. were talking about that. Heather and I, after we got off, we're like, maybe we should like do hula hooping for real next time. <laughs> yeah. So like maybe the next step is to just kind of pop into other people's things that they've already got going on and kind of get a feel for what it's like. And then also build into producing my own you know, half day workshop or something. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, a good stepping stone, right? It's like a getting yourself in front of other people's audiences um, and collaborating with people. But it seems to me that that's like a very important piece to you is that like connection, that one-on-one connection. Um, and uh, that's a great way to do that is through collaboration and through other, you know, other people networking with other people. Um, yeah, I could, I can definitely see that for you. We'll, t- we'll talk more about that for sure. Um, yeah. But who else can you partner with, right? That like can kind of get this whole thing jump started. And I know like there's a lot of lady makers who you're involved with, right? Who do all sorts of different cool stuff, um, photographers and all sorts of people. So where can you use those relationships to kind of leverage this this idea? I mean, just reaching out to the people on the, the entrepreneur page, <laughs> I guess. Or, or just contacting Lily because that's the answer. Yeah. Just contact Lily. Lily is, is the goddess of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is very good at that. She's very good at connecting people. So 
yeah, I'm excited to see where you take this whole thing. I think your workshops are going to be incredible. And I'm like, I'm excited to see where you go with it. And like, maybe you could, I just had this idea. You could like lead other people through menstrual art, right? You could teach other people how to do that. I could see that being a cool, like moon circle idea. Like think back to when we all would have been like exiled to our period tents, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, why not make some cool art while we're at it? Just yeah. an idea. It, it, is, it is an idea it, it is a you kind of have to know how to use a menstrual cup but um, yeah and that's that takes um months of practice <laughs> yeah yeah that's a whole different like animal but I feel like you'd still get enough people who are interested in that um yeah I actually follow another woman on Instagram who also does menstrual art so you're not the, you're not alone definitely not no, alone I mean there is a hashtag menstrual art <laughs> yeah yeah you're definitely not alone and she's local she's in like on the shoreline somewhere so um yeah I'll be super super curious to see what happens with all of this cool so why don't you let everybody know where they can find you where they can find your art where they can find your biz whatever um, so we, I have a website called uh, www.storyartbydanielle.com. Um, there you can find all of my art that I've done in the last uh, three and a half years. Um, I have prints for sale. I have magnets. I have a couple of zines, <clears throat> one that I made about teenage activists and one that I made about Norse runes. Um, I'm really big on divination. So I, um, that's another whole nother workshop piece that could be part of the same workshop of empowerment. But anyway, um, and on Instagram, you can find me at um, <clears throat> two different ways. In fact, if you do the uh, at um, Helixis, H-E-L-I-X-I-S 7185, or I even have my own hashtag. It's hashtag Danielle Schmidt Fine Art. Ooh. And Schmidt is spelled with two T's like Tom Tom, no D. Good to know. And I will put it all in the show notes so people can actually just go click on it and, and read it so they don't have to go based on your voice. But I'm so glad to have you pointed out. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Danielle. It was awesome to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was good to hear about everything going on and like you creating and being your expressive self. I absolutely love it. And I can't wait to see what you come up with and what you create. Thanks. And everybody else, thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of Ask Abby. We will see you next time. Mm -hmm.